This morning, uh, I want to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. myself am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent and bold toward you. But I beg that when I am present I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some <clears throat> who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. or of the flesh, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, <clears throat> casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought captive to obeying Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do you look at things according to the outward appearance? So Paul here is talking to the Corinthian church about certain problems that are going on in the Corinthian church. And as he's talking to them, he begins to talk about spiritual warfare. And he's talking about it in such a way, he says, we don't war according to the flesh. Like the people in the world, they use guns, they use bombs, they... In the old days, in Paul's time, they used swords and spears and arrows. He says, that's not the way of the Christian. The way of the Christian is different. The weapons of the, of the warfare of the Christian are not carnal weapons like that. And he makes it very clear that they're not of the flesh. Even though we live in a body of flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. He says, but these weapons that God has given to us through His Spirit are mighty in God to pulling down of strongholds. Fortresses, some versions say. And so, where are these strongholds, we ask? Where are these fortresses at? You know, that we have to tear down. We don't... Where are these spiritual... We don't see in the eyes... We don't see spirit in the spirit world... So how can we know what they are? Or where they're at? He goes on to tell us where they're at. He says, casting down imaginations. The New King James says, arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought captive or prisoner to obeying Christ. 
This explains very clearly where the where the warfare is. The warfare is in our mind and it's in our heart. In this war against spiritual wickedness, as we read in Ephesians chapter 6, we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. Against demons, against the devil, against Satan himself. And appeals to our flesh. And so in order to be able to deal with this spiritual wickedness, we have to understand where it's coming from. It's coming into our mind and into our hearts. In the book of Proverbs, it says, As he thinks in his heart, so he is. The heart and the mind, the spirit of the man and and the and connecting with the mind of the man, that's where Satan is trying to trip us. What is he trying to do? What is his purpose? He's trying to move us away from the truth of God's Word in every way possible, in any and every way possible. And if you want to see examples of that, we look in Christendom and we see false teachings, false prophets. We see strange events and strange sights that are against the Word of God. Now those are severe examples. And we're not here to fix all that. We're looking in our own life and our own walk and saying, where am I at? Is every thought that I have prisoner to obeying Christ. And if it's not, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I can do that. But we have to understand, this is our war. This is where the battle is. Our mind is is a place where we hear many voices. We hear the voice of God in the through the Word of God, through the voice of the Holy Spirit. When we read God's Word, God's Word is telling us His will and which way to go. Now I have had people say to me, you know, oh, it's all about all this obedience, you know, God, why is God making us do all this stuff, you know? It's not even reasonable, you know, and all, you know, just all this whining about obeying God. The people who say that, whether they are a Christian or not, they don't recognize a very basic truth about God. That God is love. And when he tells us to do something, it's not just a test of whether we're going to listen to him or not. It's much deeper than that. God is trying to protect us and guide us into a way that is safe. In the book of Psalms 119, it says, Your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. It is a place of safety in this dark world to keep us from falling prey to a destroyer who's trying to destroy us and is much more powerful than us. And in this dark world and in this darkness, he's shining a light, a way for our feet and a light for our path. So we know which way to go. So we won't fall into Satan's sway under his influence. 
So for all those who whine about God's commands in the New Testament, let God open your eyes and see that it is His loving guidance into His will and away from Satan's will under an influence of, an, of a wicked destroyer. The book of Psalms, David says, Oh, how I love your word. Why does he love it? Because David saw it. This is where my good. Sweeter than honey. And the honeycomb. This is good and right. It's, it's, it's good for my soul. And for my way. And you see David wholeheartedly embracing his command. You just read that all through the book of Psalms. Oh, how I love your law. And all this other stuff he says. Why? David sees it. He sees that God's way and God's word and everything he shows us and tells us is a blessing to us. And if we don't listen, well, Jesus says it. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is the wise man who builds his house on the rock. The storms are going to come. The rain, the floods are going to come. The house is going to stand because it was built on the rock. He heard the words of Jesus and he followed through with them. The foolish man, he heard Jesus' words and didn't do them. And when the rain came and the floods came and the storm came, it beat against this house and great was the fall of that house. Now some say, well, I've got to do everything God tells me otherwise. Look a little deeper at what God's saying there. Look at, look at what Jesus is saying there. This is the way to get through life. That your life is going to be upheld. And it's going to be good for us if we follow His way. Not that there won't be any challenges, not that there won't be any uh difficulties in life but this is the way through the storms this is the way through the dark world this is the path hear what I'm saying and follow it follow me Jesus said come to me Jesus said it's the way I am the way Jesus said I am the way through the darkness through all the confusion in life through all the problem I am the way the truth and the life. Real life, of course, we know is found in Jesus Christ. Jesus says, follow me and I will make of you. He told his own disciples. God has a plan of what he wants to make us. And as we follow him, and as we follow what he's saying, he'll make of us what he chooses. And so here's the problem. This war against evil spirits, as we read, that there is a bombardment in our mind about everything that's going on in our life. And often we come to a fork in the road, whether we realize it or not. And the fork of the road is all these other voices and the voice of God. The voice of God is on that straight and narrow road. And then there's all these other voices. Go this way, go that way. And I know God's Word says this, but you know it doesn't seem to be going. 
And, and there's all this nonsense that in all these roads and all these paths that seem to be very close to the path of God, just a little diversion, but, you know, I know well, I'll just get back to it, and, you know, and, and there it is. Are we looking at things according to the outward appearance? Paul says in this passage. Or are we looking according to the Word of God and believing God? You know, in recent weeks we've been talking about the vine and the branches. And without trying to belabor that message, you know, there's one fact about that message of the vine and the branches, where Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. That Hudson Taylor and others throughout Christendom famous men throughout Christendom, when, they, when, when the door swung open for them, was when they saw in the vine and the branches a very simple truth. The sap, the nutrition of the, of the vine comes from the root, and goes through the vine, and then out into the branches. Without that sap, there's no fruit. The water and the nutrients in the soil must come out through the branches into the leaves in order for that process called photosynthesis, where the sun beats down on the leaves and the leaves make the sugars. None of that happens without the water and the nutrients that come from the soil to make that fruit. So you see that in this there's a dependency that must happen. The abiding in Christ is in a dependency. You use the word dependency. You know, if someone has an alcohol dependency, an alcoholic, he has an alcohol dependency, he doesn't, his body doesn't feel like it can function without alcohol. And if he stopped using alcohol, all of a sudden he goes through all these bad symptoms, or very, you know, serious symptoms of withdrawal. Did you ever see what happens if you cut a branch away from a vine or a tree? How long does it take for it to start to wilt? I mean, you look 10 minutes on a hot day, you look 10 minutes later, it's five minutes later, it's starting to wilt already. But as it says in Romans chapter 11, it can be grafted back in to partake once again of the, of the nutrition of the vine. So what does this all mean? What it means is that we must recognize our dependence on the vine, Christ. When we see ourselves failing, when we see ourselves coming short, when we see that we know what God wants us to be and we're not anywhere near, it doesn't seem to be anywhere near there, don't seem to be growing, there needs to be a, a new focus. A focus on God through the vine flowing through us. That sap is nothing less than the Holy Spirit. That life is in the Holy Spirit. And we have to think of the word depend. We talk about faith, but think about the word depend. We are dependent on the Lord Jesus through the Holy Spirit making us what He wants us to be. 
giving us victory over the world, victory over our own flesh, victory over the devil, and all the thoughts that come into our mind. O wretched man that I am, Paul says in Romans 7. And then he talks about his recognition. Who will deliver me? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The vine. As we trust in Christ. As we, we abide in Christ through faith. And when we lose hope. In that flowing of the vine into the branches. When we lose hope in that, we begin to will. And we begin to look at ourselves. And we begin to walk in our own works. And the Bible says, He that rests, he who trusts in, in God, rests from his own works as God did from his. There is a rest for the people of God. That rest comes to trusting in the abiding in the vine, in the power of the Spirit in our life. May God open our eyes to see this very important truth for the Christian, for all of us in Christ. That we are the vine, we are the branches, He is the vine. And He must flow through us in order for us to bear fruit. Jesus says we cannot bear fruit of ourselves. Without Him, we can't do anything. A branch does not bear fruit of itself, he says. And when Hudson Taylor saw that, it began a revolution in his missionary ministry in China. And it turned in, it turned from a frustrating, confusing, uh, angry ministry where he's just full of anxiety and, and bad temper and all these carnal things. And all of a sudden, he learned to rest in Christ. I'm trusting in you, Lord. Make me what you want me to be. It's not make being lazy, but allowing God to work in us. And that's a work. That's a an attitude of faith, an attitude of belief in the God working in us to do and to will of His good pleasure. And so many times we have that wrong. From there we go to. Uh, well, let's, let's continue on in here. What are the pulling down of strongholds? The things that are, are against these truths. Against the promises of God. I heard, had a, a somebody tell me a few weeks ago, you have no promises in God's Word for, about Him answering prayer. That doesn't work. Really? <laughs> I've been having God answer prayers. And I, I could go back. I could do, you know, if I had the time, I'd go back and do like George Mueller and start remembering and chronicling something. Maybe someday I'll do that. All the many answers to prayer that God has done. And just for me. And things that I prayed for, for me and for others that I prayed for. Not to mention the prayers that others have prayed and, and have told me that, and I've seen happen in their lives. And I've been a part of it, but it was their prayer for, you know, and I've been joining in with their prayer of faith. Oh yeah, we do have promises from God. But what does Satan want to do? Try to 
whittle away at them. Ah, you know, and use our natural reasoning instead of listening to the Word of God. The imagination, the arguments against the Word of God, the arguments and the imaginations against the truth of God's Word and the promises, the things that God said in His Word. And again, as we've said many times before, human reasoning against the Word of God. The voices of darkness against the Word of God. What are we going to choose? And you see that it says, bring every thought prisoner. That means we have available to us the power, the authority, and the ability to do that. So, oh, that's such a big, tall task. We'll get, we have to get to it. And begin to fight the fight, not just let ourselves be lemmings led, led astray by foolish thinking and carnal thinking and even devilish thinking. That's not according to the Word of God. Bringing every thought in, in line with the Word of God is another way to put it. Is my thinking in line with the Word of God? Is my walk in line with the Word of God? What am I listening to? What am I being influenced by? Because that's where the battlefield is. And a lot of times, we're just kind of allowing ourselves to be victims of these bad voices. Maybe not entirely, but in this area, in that area, and oh, this little bit over here, and that little bit over here. Oh, i got to fight over here, so... Well, <clears throat> the way it's laid out to us, we have to fight the fight wherever it presents itself and bring our thoughts, as we recognize them, not to surrender one inch. That's not the Word of God. You can't say, oh, we'll just focus on this area and we'll get that later. No, no, no. Because if we give ground in this area, it's going to undermine this area. And before you know it, our house is beginning to fall, as Jesus said. Bringing every thought, not just some thoughts, not the most important ones, but to bring every thought in line with the Word of God. And if we want to see the enemy make mincemeat of our life, if we want to see ourselves get beat up, spiritually speaking, and get defeated, just start giving ground in some of these areas. And you just watch. And then we say, God, why are you letting all this happen? The answer is very simple. It's not him that's letting it happen. It's us letting it happen. Because we're not bringing every thought captive, every thought prisoner, every thought in line with the Word of God. Well, that's really hard to do. Well, let's get to work. Let's get to it. And let's fight at every, every chance. I remember reading in, uh, in the history book about the Civil War, about the Battle of Shiloh and the Battle of the Wilderness. It was a battle between uh, the North and the South, the fight over slavery during the Civil War, and two bright generals, General Lee and General Grant. One, And General Grant took over, 
uh, the Battle of the North. Abraham Lincoln put him in charge of the of his uh, the Army of the North, his army, because one thing that he saw in General Grant was this stubborn unwillingness to retreat, because. Abraham Lincoln knew that they had the resources, they had the numbers, they had everything in their favor. But the one thing that they didn't have was a, a general that had the courage to fight through adversity. And so he put him in charge. And there was this battle in this wilderness that went through several states across uh, the Mid-South. Tennessee, Kentucky, um, Missouri, Kansas, it just went all along. It was battle of the wilderness. And it was a it was a fearful battle and tremendous casualties. But in the end, you know where it led? It led right to Virginia. And right to Appomattox and the surrender of General Lee. Because there was something that General Grant knew. He knew that if he just kept at it, even though there was a lot of casualties and sometimes he wasn't winning the battles. He knew one thing. If he kept that, he was going to win the war. And that's what we have to look at. If we keep at this, we keep at this fight, we're going to win. And we're going to be victorious as Christians. And because we have the mind of Christ, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. We, as the children of God, have to wake up to these realities. Because all around us is all kinds of challenges. And you know what? They seem to be getting steeper and steeper, some of these challenges, in our society and in our churches and everything that's going on. In the world that we live in, there's a lot of anti-Christian sentiment. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Because as we abide in Christ, not only are we going to bear fruit, we're going to win. We're going to be victorious. We're not going to be a defeated Christian. We're not going to be beat up. We're not going to be running with our tail between our legs. Everything that exalts itself against the Word of God. Tear it down. Whatever we can imagine. We can imagine a lot of bad things happening to us. There's things on the horizon Problems on the horizon, we can imagine they're just going to get worse and worse and bam, it's going to be bad in the end. Why is God telling us to pray? That's the kind of mind we're having to be praying and we still live in that kind of fear. You see, we have to fight against all that negativity that comes into our mind and bring our thoughts in line with the Word of God. Ask, you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and your door shall be opened to you. I have this, these physical symptoms. Oh no, it might be cancer. Oh no, it might be this. Just all these imaginations whenever I have symptoms, you know, that come out and can come at us. And we can live in fear. We can become a hypochondriac. We start grabbing for, you know, and being desperate and doing all these desperate things. We've got to stop I'm not saying there's never anything we can use or anything else. It's the attitude. It's not the attitude of Christ. It's not that dependency on the Father and depending on Christ. But He's taking care of us. And He's looking out for us. And He is with us always, even to the end of the age.
That's not dependency on Christ, living and bound in fear and anxiety. And the walls caving in as we just get desperate and start thinking desperate and crazy things. Bring every thought captive in line with the Word of God. And we'll be fine. And we won't be on the run with Satan at our heels. As we look in the Old Testament, one of the things is sure. That when the enemy turns his back, he's an easy target. When Goliath went down, the Philistines ran, and it says the Israelites killed them all the way back to their own country. Killed them all on the road. Why? Because their backs are to us. Easy pickings, easy targets. The shield is in the front. The weapons are in the front. There's not, your eyes are in the front. They're not be behind you. You've got to face the enemy, not run from the enemy. We have to face our problems with trust. Not in ourselves, but in the power of God. In our life. It's real, and it's still here today. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the Word of God says. Why should we fear? The weapons of our war are not carnal. Anger rests in the bosom of fools, the Bible says. We resort to carnal things when we have, when, we're, when the storms come. It doesn't work the will of God. It makes matters worse. It aggravates situations. Listen to the Word of God. And build our house on that rock, that firm foundation. And we'll be victorious over the enemy. He won't have dominion over us. If we follow the Lord, if we abide in Christ, He will not have sway and influence in our life the way He wants to. Because what He wants to do is in every area, in every part of our life, He's trying to trip us up by listening to the flesh, the carnal mind, and to listen to all the thought bombs He drops into our mind. We as Christians must recognize it. Recognize, that's not from God. I'm tearing that down. I'm not going to listen to it. That's not what the Word of God says. God's promised me this, so I'm not going to listen to that nonsense. Not, that's garbage. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to go in that direction. And we have a whole world of media and, and entertainment world and all of those things trying to draw us away. The enemy's influence. Jesus called the enemy the God, small g, the God of this world. We are of God, John says, but the whole world is under the influence, the sway of evil. And we too can fall under the influence of the evil one if we listen to the wrong voice. Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice. They follow me, Another voice they will not follow. 
that is intended to be the pattern of the sheep of God, the Christian, the flock of God. And so in order for us to follow Jesus' voice, we have to push away and tear down all the other voices and all the fortresses that it built in our life. Because, you know, some of those thought patterns have been in our life for a long time. They become fortresses. They become very strong in our life. Now it's time to face them with courage and tear them down. All our fears, our insecurities, all those things, we have to abide in Christ. And in the vine, we're secure. Dependency in Christ. Romans 8.28, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. All things. But, whatever God allows in our life, however long He allows it, that's part of our trusting Him. And bringing ourselves in that place. Whatsoever things you ask for in prayer, believing, you shall receive. That's the Word of God. And what does Satan try to do? What does the flesh try to do? Undermine it. Why? The flesh says, I don't see anything happening. So-and-so prayed over there, and I didn't see anything happen there. And over here. We may never say those words, but we're thinking and walking according to those patterns in our life. And when Jesus came, He exposed that unbelief. Why can't we cast out those demons, his disciples said? Why can't we cast them out? It's unbelief. Jesus said it. The littleness of your faith, it's your unbelief. Oh, ye of little faith, he exposed it over and over again. You're not abiding in the vine. You're not trusting in me. You're not letting the Spirit flow. And so that's what we see going on. A lot of natural reasoning, a lot of carnal-mindedness, that we have to fight against and tear it down. I remember in the 1980s, President Reagan, he went to Berlin at that time. Berlin was a divided city, East and West Berlin. East Berlin was under control of Russia. West Berlin was under control of uh, Free Germany and uh, the Allies and all that other stuff. And President Reagan went to that wall and he talked... And there was this famous speech he made, and he said to President Gorbachev, the president of Russia, he said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. And at that time, nobody believed it was going to happen. Within a few short years, it happened. What the Holy Spirit is telling us here, I have given you everything you need tear down those fortresses, tear down those walls. You've had, we've had things that we've had in our life since we were a kid, some of that stuff. Insecurities and fears and all kinds of reactions that we have got to tear it down, tear down those walls. And we can do it. Mm-hmm. When we pray, 
we continue to focus on the Word of God, or as Paul said here, do we look at things according to the outward appearance? The number of Christians I've heard say, I prayed, nothing happened, so it must not be the word of, will of God. And yet, the Bible tells us differently. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, not yet seen. That's what faith really is. Not the evidence of what we see, but the evidence of things that are unseen. And we're told to live that way, according not to what we see, but according to what we don't see. According to what we see in the Word of God. Not what we see in the world, not what we see in the flesh, but what we see in the Word of God. Living according to the Word of God. It means tearing down everything that does not agree with the Word of God. Now how can we do that if we don't know the Word of God? So you see the challenges that are at hand in spending time in God's Word and asking God to give us, to reveal to us the truth of His Word, that the Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts and to our minds to fortify us and strengthen us. So we're not just being dragged around with hooks in our nose. Knowing the Word of God, knowing what it says, not just reading it, but knowing the Holy Spirit reveals things to us. No man knows the things of God things of God except the Spirit of God. And it says we have the Spirit of God so that we may know the things that God has freely given to us. The Holy Spirit reveals in his to us as we look into his word, as we depend on him, he teaches us, he guides us, he helps us, he comforts us. If we look at things according to the outward appearance, it's not what we've read here about bringing every thought captive to obeying Christ. It's not about what we see. Faith is about what we don't see, but we hope for. We hope for it, but we don't see it yet. That is faith, and that's where we have to bring our mind, to the place of God's Word. What God says, I believe it, and my mind is going to settle there, it's going to stay there. Come hell or high water, this is where I'm staying. And that's where the firm foundation is. And that's where the storms are not going to tear our house down. The floods are going to come. The winds are going to beat against our house. And you know what? We have a firm foundation in Christ. And that's it. I'm done. Brothers, uh, I want you to comment on that. Uh,